What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is a FOMO Fans Friday. Uh, hopefully everyone is doing well. Uh, lots of craziness going on in the world between uh, the Jedi movie for Star Wars, net neutrality. Um, we got fires. We got uh, the Me Too movement. So much going on right now. It's kind of crazy. Have no fear of missing out. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Fans. My name is Brian Fanzo. Excited to talk a little bit about change. As we kind of close out 2017, we start to talk about 2018. It's always funny for me. My, you know, my inbox gets filled with people asking for me to provide predictions for a blog post. Um, and it's, it's always interesting because I, most of them don't care about my prediction. They just want to be able to tag me in the post so that they can, uh, you know, use the post, uh, for SEO value. But I'm okay with that. I, I completely understand, uh, how this whole game works. But, um, I, you know, I got to speak, uh, this past weekend at Social Fresh, uh, in Orlando, Florida, which was a lot of fun. And I tell you what, you know, speaking of that event, we, we talked, my keynote was on, uh, omnisensory experiences. And then I was on a panel with Tim Hayden and the panel was moderated by, uh, my good friend, Savvy Millennial there, Savannah Peterson. And we talked about the bleeding edge technology, where artificial intelligence, how artificial intelligence is going to impact our world, the future with Internet of Things and uh, robot, you know, robotics. We talked about a uh, AR and VR. We talked about video. And it was funny because uh, I got to one point of one question and someone asked a great question in the audience. They asked, you know, how can brands get involved with this and how can brands start to embrace change better? And I immediately went into what I call my four T's. And after the, uh, after the, uh, the presentation, someone came up to me and said, Brian, I, you know, I love your podcast. I'm going to subscribe to your podcast, but I don't see an episode of your podcast dedicated to the four T's for embracing change. And they're right. There wasn't an episode. So this is that episode. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, you ask, I deliver, I, I try to deliver. So, um, in that case, the audience asked, for this episode, and I'm going to kind of talk about not only the four T's that I believe uh, are are instrumental for embracing change, but the the truth of it when it comes down to it is understanding where these four T's fit in your business, what trends they actually matter. And yes, my friend uh, Vincent Orlek, who's watching live on Facebook Live right now, who has a great new, uh, if you guys are looking, if you're a Twitter fan, which you know I'm a super fan of Twitter, uh, and you're looking for a uh, a conversation about podcasting on Twitter. Uh, he runs a new podcast or a new Twitter chat called Podcast Chat, right? I believe that's the right. Is it Podcast Chat? Pod Chat? Uh, Vincent will give me the uh, the right name for the the Twitter chat, but it's a great new Twitter chat that's out there. Uh, a lot of people ask me how to get value on Twitter. I always say Twitter chats are the number one way to get value. Twitter chats are great because you tweet using the hashtag of the chat, and it allows you to connect with people that share your passion, share your purpose, 
Maybe they don't follow you, but they do, I'm sure, um, share uh, a passion for a similar topic, which is why uh, I love Twitter chats. And I, I'm glad to see there is now one uh, for podcasting. So uh, kudos to, to Vincent and Adam for uh, doing that. But uh, yes, you are right. It is uh, right behind me on my wall. But it is, yeah, so Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern time is that Twitter chat. So check them out. Uh, podcast chat is the hashtag and I'll make sure I'll put that in the show notes down below podcast chat Thursdays at 9 p.m. Go ahead and check them out. But so my, my four T's, which of course are on my wall right over my shoulder. And I'm going to talk about each one because, you know, the first T and, and the, here's the, here's the breakdown. The, the order of the T's probably matter a lot more than the, the actual T's themselves, right? And the reason I say this is the first T is trust. And I think every business that is out there today is in the business of trust. You could be selling services. You could be selling online courses. You could be selling products. You could be selling hats that say fresh on them. Um, whatever you're selling, whatever your business is about, there has to be a trust factor. And one of the things that I, I think is very interesting. So I, the very first time I ever found out about influencer marketing. Uh, it was about five years ago. I was sitting in the data center job that I had. And, uh, you know, the idea of influence being labeled an influencer was presented to me. And my, my boss at the time looked at me and was like, why would someone consider you an influencer? And I was like, I don't know. I'm definitely not the expert in this space. I was like, definitely not what, um, you know, my, you know, definitely not my, uh, forte. I was like, but I do know that a lot of people in my space trust me. They trust my opinion. They trust whenever I tell them that, you know, Hey, I'm using this new product or I'm switching from Meerkat to Periscope or whatever it be, it may be. I know that my audience trusts me. And that, and this is a light bulb moment for me early on. But the reason influencer marketing is exploding, the reason that we see people talking about influencers and, and the idea that we're moving away from celebrity endorsements and we're moving into this new world of uh, girl and boy next door endorsements is because excuse me, we no longer trust brands. We no longer trust logos. We really no longer trust celebrities to, that are hawking products or endorsing products. The, the, the trust in digital marketing is broken. Trust in digital marketing has been broken for a while. It's because, let's face it, you've been able to fake it till you make it. You've been able to sell unicorns and rainbows and make claims, hey, we're the world's best pizza, even though we've only been in business for a couple months and we've never tried any other pizza outside of, of, the, war, of the United States, but we're the world's best pizza, right? Marketers have done an amazing job of losing trust of the community. And, and this is me as a marketer. I'm, I'm, I'm taking blame on this as well because here's the thing. We no longer, we no longer believe a commercial. We no longer believe a digital ad. When someone writes a blog post for the most part on their company blog and they're talking about one of their products, do we trust them? No, we do not because everyone's going to say their product is great. Nobody's going to say what they don't know. And I think trust is the first step. It is the most important step for embracing change. But trust is also what is driving so much change in this, in the market. The reason live video is so powerful is because we can look in somebody's digital eyeballs and we can start to build trust. Now, just because you go live on live video doesn't mean that you are trustworthy. That, that let's not jump to that reaction. But th the idea now is 
how do I convey authenticity? How do I break down the barrier in the digital landscape so that people can build a relationship with me so they can see that I am authentic and ultimately we can build trust. And so I believe live video is the gateway to trust. I think it is the number one way for brands to start facilitating and or building trust. If you're a company, if you're listening to this right now, and if you believe that you trust your employees and that you want to build trust with your community, your customers, your audience, your employees, you should be using live video today. And that might, it might not be for marketing. It might not be for sales. Maybe you're using live video like the We Are Cisco team does. They're using it for recruiting, but they're also using it for employee retention. You know, I was with um, the team over at We Are Cisco, uh, uh, Carmen and uh, Casey this past week. And, and, you know, on the We Are Cisco team, a lot of the metrics they use to show the success of their program is how many new people have signed up on their website to apply for jobs, how many employees when they're giving their employee feedback form are telling people that the reason that they stay and are happy at Cisco is because they know that their their voice is heard. They know that there's others in our company that are celebrated like them. That is all about building trust. And so the very first T of the four T's is trust. It is the most important. I believe it's the most skipped step of everything. I believe so many people, so many businesses, you know what they do? Majority of businesses, they, they, they train you on something. They throw technology at you with, for something. And then they try to reverse engineer trust by telling you, Oh, well, we trust you to use that product. Well, trust, I believe has to be the very first step. And I love, I see a, a an active live audience out there. So thank you guys so much for joining Patricia and Nazim. I, I know joining all the way from uh, Italy. Uh, I see Jane out there. I see Vicky. I see Craig. I see Bob. Thanks guys so much for, for watching the live video version of uh, this podcast. So the first T is trust. The second T is actually training. Training is the second T. And here's the biggest problem with training across the board, right? Training across the board is a, is a massive issue, right? I think this is something that we have to, we have to start looking at. We have to start uh, better understanding because for a lot of organizations, training is a one-time event. Every year you sign up and you have to do training at your organization. You have to, you have to do your weekly, you know, uh, your, tr your yearly training. You have to go through a, a training process or even worse. Uh, I think a lot of brands, when it comes to, uh, comes to, to training, it, it often, they oftentimes say, well, training is on you or we want you to handle training or training is not our responsibility, right? And so the, the, the thing that I think that we have to start really focusing on and we have to start better understanding is that when it comes to training, when it comes to understanding the training that we have moving forward is that training has to be built into your culture, right? And it has to be built into what we're doing, has to be built into how we're doing it. It has to be built into the, the way that, that we empower our employees. So for example, if, if, if you give your employees, you know, that are, are hourly employees or maybe employees that are 40 hours in the office, you have to assume that training should be included in that 40 hours every week. Right. And so I know for a lot of people that, you know, training is something that seems very easy to talk about, but, uh, but isn't something that we have to worry too much about. But I think it's, I think it's a massive problem Be because let's face it, everything changes so quickly. And here's the thing. We need to focus more within our organizations and ourselves. We don't need to focus on the blocking and tackling of training. 
We need to focus on empowering a mindset of training because every employee, if you work for a company and you're listening to this right now, if you're listening to this right now, you work for a company, it is your responsibility to train yourself. It is your responsibility to make time to be better, to better understand what you have going on. But it is also the brand's responsibility to empower training, to understand the importance of training, and to understand not only where training fits in, but why training has to be an essential part of your organization. Now, remember, training can come in all forms. It doesn't have to be formalized training. Maybe it's an hour on YouTube. Maybe it's 30 minutes listening to a great podcast like Smack Talk or FOMO Fans, the two podcasts that I host. Training, it's this, I truly believe in the learning mindset and we need to start embracing a learning mindset, which means we learn always. We are always on. We are trying to get better. The amount of people I think that are, that are scared of change that that have been failed at change in the past it's because they have they don't have a training mindset like this whole live video thing that you know I'm I'm broadcasting this this podcast on live video right now and a lot of people tell me Brian well you know how are you how did you do this and I tell them my process and they're like well who taught you that and I'm like well Nobody really taught me that. You know how I'm learning? You know how this is working for me is I'm listening to other people and how and watching how other people use the technology and then I'm diving all in and trying it myself. So that that part of training also has to be testing, right? And maybe that's the fifth T if I had to add a fifth T, but we're going to stick with four T. So the first T is trust. The second T is training, having a training mindset. The third T is transparency. And transparency didn't used to be part of my my delivery, but transparency is vital as we move forward. And, and before you think about transparency, um, I always caveat transparency and oversharing are two different things. But I'm also going to add another caveat to tra- transparency. Transparency is not just human to human. It is not just about people. Yes, let me clarify this. When you're looking at transparency, we now have to think about what data are we sharing from our, our businesses? What data are we gathering from our employees? And we need to be transparent on how we share that data. We need to be transparent on what data we're collecting. We need to be transparent on how we're going to reward our employees, how we're going to reward our customers. We need to be transparent on our goals and our methodology. The old way of fake it till you make it, the old way of being clickbait and having a crappy title and getting people onto your website and we're going to trick them into something and we're going to have them opt in to an email form that says they're going to download a PDF, but really we're going to put them into this this 10 10 step drip cycle email campaign. You know what you do when you, when you do that? You lose number one of the four T's. You lose trust. And I will promise you, if you are not being transparent on the data that you are collecting, that if you are not being transparent on the process that you are using to build your customer database, if you're not being transparent with your employees on what data you're tracking, what data you care about, how you're monitoring them, what what you're rewarding them on. If you are not being transparent, you will lose trust. And that trust is almost impossible to gain back. Trust is really hard to build, but it's even harder to rekindle or bring back after you've lost trust. And to me, this is a massive mistake. This is a massive, massive mistake for so many businesses because they're willing to jeopardize trust for one sale. They're willing to jeopardize trust so they can get one blog post to go viral. And I don't believe any brand should be willing to violate that trust. And how do you start that process? By being transparent. 
So transparent. So this is a great example. So if you want to collect data, if you if you have people signing up for your um, to download a PDF, make sure after they download the PDF and they put their information up there, make sure that you give them the opt-in ability that says, would you like to be a part of our email campaign? Would you like to sign up for our email letter? Would you like to... to get more information from us because if you're not asking them and you're just shoving more crap in their face, we have more crap being sent into our email new to, uh, our email systems. We have more crap being sent to us on our being disrupted by ads on social channels. I mean, this is another one. Be transparent on what you want in an ad. The amount of times where I look at something, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I click on it and it takes me to a completely different site. It's an opt-in site. They want me to spend $495 to get some scammy piece of crap online course that they're going to upsell me on to 22 other uh, online courses. To me, this is something that I, I truly, I feel that we are in a massive, we are in a massive problem right now where people are willing to jeopardize trust to gain data or to make one sale. And I will tell you, I believe and 2018 is going to be the year where if you are faking it till you make it, if you are scamming people, if you are being decept you know, deceptive on how you gather data, even how you monitor your employees. I had someone come up to me, uh, this actually yesterday at an event and they told me, you know, that they're going to, they're using blockchain and some artificial intelligence to better report on their employees, um, you know, day to day work life. And my first question was, well, how did your employees take that? And their reply was, well, our employees aren't really aware of that. But it's part of their employee agreement when they signed up for our company. Yeah, Echo, uh, crickets, crickets. Yeah, you want to jeopard, you want to lose trust of your employees. And the crazy part is, if if you if you are transparent with your employees, if you tell them, hey, I want to start using this data, I want to start, you know, uh, you know, bringing things back in house, but I'm going to do it because I want to reward our employees and I want to monitor our employees better. It can work. I mean, here's I I did this. You know why I say it can work is because I know that it works. Because one of the companies that I worked with, what we were trying to do is we were trying to better understand how we could grow our office space. So what we started to do is we started to have surveys with our employees. We started asking our employees, what was your favorite meeting room? Where do you usually go to get your sodas? Where are the things, where do you do for your day-to-day -day life? And we, and we told them our goal of asking you these questions is that we can put the office, we can design a redesign to the office space so that it's better suited for you, the employee. So you are more productive. So we optimize the space so that we don't just put a ping pong table in our, in our, in our lunchroom and we call that culture. No, we, we want to actually be transparent. We want to ask you, the employees, how this works. We want you to be participatory for it. And the crazy part is we got better feedback than we had ever got on any of the programs we worked on all because we were transparent on with what we were doing. We were transparent on what we wanted. And ultimately, we were rewarded for that transparency by employees being extremely, uh, you know, engaged and bringing that in. And I love Nazim uh, on the live video said that, you know, a lot of these practices that I tell people that are doing it wrong, it's illegal in the EU. And there are places that are trying to get a better handle on this, this scam, deceptive, deception, um, email marketing sign up opt-in crap that we see. But here's the thing. Here's the other part of this. I don't blame people for doing it in the past. It's kind of what worked. I do blame people for doing this in the future because you know better. 
maybe for the last six or seven years, we've we've lived in this space where we were okay with being kind of shady or getting data in, in other ways because we, we it was working and, and no one was really complaining and and there wasn't data breaches and there weren't all these this I mean there was a little bit of trust. Well, that trust is gone, and I think we have to embrace a much more transparent approach to what we are collecting, what we are sharing. And if you want to embrace artificial intelligence, if you want to start using cognitive computing, if you want to start build, scaling and allowing your employees or and your customers to, to be more engaged and focus more on the customer experience, if you don't have trust and you're not being transparent with the data out of the start, you will fail. If you are not willing to be transparent, you will fail with artificial intelligence. You will not be able to scale. You will not create a better customer experience. I'm very passionate about this because I've seen it break down and I'm excited for it to continue to break organizations because I'm tired of businesses doing crappy, shady things that are willing to violate trust and not being exposed. They will be exposed moving forward. We will see a massive change uh, across the board. And then last but not least, the fourth T is technology. And, and, and remember, I said the order of these T's matters more so than even anything else. And the reason that is, and I apologize, I got the hiccups in the middle of a podcast. Not a good thing. See, I'm being transparent. I'm not just, there's not audio break up there. It's just like my, my random hiccups. But here's the thing. When it comes down to, to understanding where technology fits in there, if you start with trust, and then you go to training and you are being, you are training your employees to have a mindset to understand why they're doing something, how it's working. And then you're being transparent with what you're using the technology for, transparent on what you're changing, why you're changing, what you're collecting. Guess what? Implementing the technology, impl implementing the big gorilla, changing from the data center to the cloud, changing from um, one influencer marketing tool to another influencer marketing tool. If you do the first three T's in that order, where if your employees trust you, they trust the technology you're picking out, you are training them uh, to be the most successful they can be. You are transparent on what you want, how you want it, and what you're collecting. The technology implementation is the easy part. The technology implementation becomes the no-brainer. The technology ends up scaling and implementing and rewarding the trust. It ends up taking advantage of the training that you've provided. And ultimately, it provides you the vehicle for transparency, which, let's face it, will build authenticity, which will lead to more trust. Ultimately, these four T's, when you get to the bottom... It sends you on a full cycle back to the top because if you start with trust, you move to training, you implement transparency, and then you get great technology, it goes back to the top because that technology will now build more trust. It'll allow you to scale trust. It'll allow you, you know, when people ask me, I get this question all the time, Brian, you know, I'm not afraid of artificial intelligence, but there are going to be jobs that are going to be lost. Yes, there are going to be jobs that are going to be lost. The internet, we lost a lot of jobs because of the internet. We lost a lot of jobs when we, we all, every one of these massive transitions in the world, we've, we've had shifts in jobs. But I believe this shift is the most exciting because anything, and this is a, a, a quote from my friend Chris Penn. Chris Penn put this out there. Anything that has a template or can be templated will be automated by artificial intelligence. Let me say that again. Anything that has a template, anything that can be templated, 
will be automated by artificial intelligence. So if your job is repeated, you know, is, is templated, right? If you're doing the same exact thing every single day, if you are, you know, if it is very uh, mechanical, that will, that, those are the first jobs that are going to be replaced by artificial intelligence. That's where technology is going to come in here for the fourth T. But here's the crazy cool part about this. Guess what we're going to be able to do? If we start to automate and we start to use technology to replace jobs that are repetitive and they're programmatic and they're, they're, they're procedural, we're going to be able to actually take those people and train them to do the jobs that build more trust. So I look at this and say artificial intelligence will replace technology jobs that don't build trust. They're just, they're just programmatic. And we're going to allow that person, that skill set, that money that we used to be spending on that person to be shifted to a job that has more customer experience, more customer focus, that builds more trust, that allows us to be more transparent. Maybe it gives us more people to train people on being better at customer service because let's face it, customer service as a whole still sucks in 2017. It'll probably suck in 2018. But I believe if we're able to spend more resources, more time, and more money on the customer experience, we will start to see more benefit, more value in the customer experience. And let's face it, people buy from people they can relate to, but they buy from brands that they go back and buy from brands that they trust go back from buy from brands that give them a good customer experience. I fly on Delta Airlines and I will always fly on Delta Airlines because their customer service is way better than everyone else's. They provide me an amazing customer experience. They are always putting me first. They go out of their way to make my life easier. And I don't care if they have higher prices. I don't care if there's some bad publicity about some random things that don't impact me. I am loyal to Delta Airlines and no, they've not paid me one penny. No, I don't have an affiliate code. No, they've never given me business. But this is the thing. This is the, this is the crazy part about this whole conversation is that their customer experience and their technology and their transparency with data with me and the, 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 the training that they've done with their employees and empowered their employees to provide a great customer experience has won me over as a customer. And I believe every single brand can take that approach moving forward. And this is this is one of the things, and I, and I love that uh, Terry Johnson said this on the live stream, overhead costs will decrease for businesses using bots. Well, here's the thing. I'm I actually not sure if it'll decrease. We'll just be able to shift our overhead costs, right? So we're going to move our overhead costs from, you know, maybe doing uh, data, data management or data intake, and we're going to shift that cost. We're going to let a bot do that. And we're going to shift that cost to now maybe having one more person answer the phone or one more person being able to reply to personalized emails, right? The thing for so many businesses is how do I scale? How do I allow my great employees? And remember, every business is great because they have great employees. They're not great because they have great bots. They're not great because they have great technology. They're not great because they have great products or great service. They are great because they have great employees that are able to deliver great things. And I, and I look at this and say, when we're looking at the future, right? And, and, and how we move things, you know, in, as we move forward, I truly believe the bots, the AI, the technology will replace the mundane tasks, but we are now going to be able to shift the money, the focus, the training to the more innovative tasks, the things that we're able to do. Because guess what? AI and technology will never replace the, the our ability to create a great experience, our ability to build trust, our ability to be authentic. Because 
let's face it, the authenticity comes through human to human engagement. And if technology can replace some of the, the ridiculous things that we spend our time doing and we can spend more time on human to human uh, engagement, I believe we will gain more trust. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of FOMO fans. I know I, I missed a week in between here. I've had a ton of things going on, uh, both in my personal and professional life. So I do apologize that you didn't get an episode last week, but this is season two. I am going to bring on more guests as we move forward. I just locked in two guests for an upcoming podcast in the very near future. Remember for me, change is crazy. And if you focus on the on the blocking and the tackling, if you focus on the everyday tasks, guess what? Change is going to get overwhelming. Change is going to beat you up until you can't do it anymore. But if you focus on the four T's, if you focus on building trust and, and the value of trust, you, you create a training mindset in your organization. You understand the value of transparency across your business. And then ultimately you select the right technology for the right job at the right time. I am a hundred percent a believer, a hundred percent a believer that we will move forward and you will embrace change at a bigger, better scale. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As you guys know, I also host a podcast called Smack Talk, which stands for Social, Mobile, Analytics, and Cloud. And there's a lot of information being shared on net neutrality. There's a lot of people talking about uh, net what the repeal of net neutrality um, has going on you know, in our day-to-day -day lives. I just pushed live today an episode that Daniel and I recorded on Smack Talk about net neutrality. It's, in my opinion, one of our best episodes in the four years we've been doing that podcast. So if you want to find out what new net neutrality is, what it means for our businesses, what it means for the future of technology, what I feel... Uh, is a great, the biggest mistake the FCC has made in a long time. Please go check out Smack Talk, S-M-A-C-T-A-L-K. It's our most recent episode in all of your podcast players. But I do believe we, we cover the topic very in depth. We share our thoughts. I even related how, what the internet was in Iraq. When I was in Iraq, how I used the internet, when I tried to buy gifts for my family on Amazon.com, my experience then I believe is where we're moving towards. Now let's just hope that the lawyers lock this up in the courts long enough for us to be able to uh, replace the FCC head and for us to make a change. But it's not too late to make a change, but I do believe we must educate ourselves on the on what this repeal to net neutrality uh, truly is. So check out Smack Talk, S-M-A-C-T-A-L-K. It's available in all of your podcasting apps. And as always, I appreciate you guys for listening to FOMO fans. Let's spread the word. Let's get people to embrace the mentality and mindset of the four T's. Trust, training, transparency, and technology. I promise you'll be less overwhelmed, you'll be less worried about FOMO, and you'll be more excited about the future. My name is Brian Fanzo. Make it a great day, my friends. Cheers. <laughs>